This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate those of you who have tuned in to watch today, especially if this may be your first time to watch the telecast. We want to thank you for tuning in. Now today on our telecast, I have a rather unusual subject. I've entitled, No Vacancy. No Vacancy. I hope that you'll stay tuned as we discuss that topic today. Now on our telecast, we offer a free Bible correspondence course, and I'd emphasize it's free. We'd like to pause long enough for you to learn more about the course. You can learn how to receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. In the second chapter of Luke's Gospel, there is the account of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And from that account, I want to read one passage that will serve as the text of our study today, and that's verse 7. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 7. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. When it came time for the birth of Jesus, and his earthly parents began to try to find a place for the night, there was no vacancy in the inn, and Jesus was born in a stable. The world as a whole has never had room for the Lord Jesus Christ. In John, the the first chapter and verse 11, the Bible says that he came unto his own, and his own received him not. Isn't that sad? He came to his own, and his own received him not. In John chapter 5 and verse 40, Christ said, And you would not come unto me that you might have life. In Matthew chapter 21 and verse 42, Jesus said, Have you not read in the scriptures the stone which is set at naught of your builders is become the head of the corner? And in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 37, Jesus is weeping over the city of Jerusalem. And he said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thee together as a hen gathers her chickens under her wing, but ye would not. 
Here is a city where Jesus did more teaching than perhaps any other place in all the world. And the very people for whom he came to save rejected him. Isaiah predicted the rejection of Jesus in Isaiah chapter 53 when he said that he was despised and rejected of men. The world has no room for Jesus even today. There have been many efforts and are many efforts being made now to eliminate the influence of Jesus Christ from society. Some cannot deny that Jesus actually lived, but they would tell us that Jesus was only a good man. They would tell us that he was a prophet, but he was just one prophet of many prophets, and that there's nothing exclusive about Jesus Christ. That is just one religious leader among many religious leaders. But that, of course, is not true. Jesus Christ is the greatest man who ever lived on the face of the earth. There are efforts today to remove any reference to Christ from society, any reference to God from society, anything that has to do with Christianity, there are efforts to remove that from society today. But let me tell you, Jesus Christ is worthy of our making room for him in our lives. I want you to consider these biblical facts that tell us that Jesus Christ is worthy of our making room for him today. First of all, there is the eternal nature of Jesus Christ. He said, before Abraham was, I am. John chapter 8 and verse 58. There is the incarnate state of the Lord Jesus Christ mentioned in John chapter 1 in verse 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ was God come down from heaven. He was God in human form. In 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, the Bible says, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. And Jesus Christ is worthy of our making room for him because of the perfection of the life that he lived. No one has ever lived like Jesus. No one will ever live like Jesus. We're told in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 22, he did no sin, neither was any guile found in his mouth. Jesus lived a life of perfection. Another reason that Jesus is worthy of our making room for him in our lives is because he is the sacrificial lamb of God. In John 1:29, the Bible says, Behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Another reason Jesus is worthy of our making room for him is because he is a living Savior. He has been raised from the dead. In Romans, the first chapter and verse 4, Paul wrote, declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. When Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of God, 
God declared in that action that for all time to come that Jesus Christ was in fact his son. Another reason we ought to make room for Jesus is because Jesus is the builder of the church. In Matthew 16 and verse 18, Jesus said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And he did indeed. Another reason that Jesus is worthy of our making room for him in our lives is because he reigns as the head over the church. In the first chapter of Ephesians, in the last two verses of that chapter, the Bible says he hath put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Jesus is its head. Jesus Christ is the advocate between God and man. In 1 John, the second chapter, verses 1 and 2, My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus is our advocate. Another reason that I would suggest that he is worthy of our making room for him is because he's going to come back someday. In Hebrews, the ninth chapter, in verse 28, we are told that he will uh, come uh, return again the second time without sin unto salvation. And then, finally, I would suggest he is worthy of our making room for him because he will be our final judge. And that's a very serious thing to contemplate. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 1, listen to what the apostle wrote to Timothy. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. When our Lord returns, he's coming back not as Savior, he's coming back as our judge. So, with all of that in view, I would suggest we make room for Jesus. We should never want to hang out a no-vacancy sign in our hearts when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to make room for Jesus Christ in our society today, in our world today. We need to be people who read the Bible. But there is a famine in the land. In Amos chapter 8 and verse 11, we are told that, that there's a famine of the land, not a famine of food, not a famine of eating and drinking, but there's a famine of the hearing of the words of God. Now in that day, what that actually meant was that God, because of the sin of the people, was not speaking to the people at that time, and so there was a famine of God delivering His word to the people. But now, God has delivered His word in the book called the Bible, but there is a famine today of people listening, reading, studying, and obeying the Word of God. It, it, the Bible is so important in our society today. It was George Washington, the first president of the United States, who said, it is impossible to rightly govern the people without God and the Bible. 
We need God in society. We need Christ in our society today. And Jesus Christ makes a difference. The world is a better world because Jesus lived, Jesus died, and he left an influence and an impact upon the world. We need to therefore have room in our lives for Jesus Christ. Righteousness is such a needed thing today. In Proverbs 14, 34, Solomon put it like this. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And so we need Jesus in our society today. We need to make room for Christ in our nation and in all the nations of the world. Can you imagine the change that would occur in our country, in the United States, in all the countries throughout the world, if we began to practice some of the principles that Jesus taught? Let's just take one of them, for example. Take Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12 and imagine that all people everywhere began to practice this principle. Whatsoever you would that men should do unto you, do ye also unto them. If all people would start treating others as they themselves want to be treated, it would be a better world in which to live. We need to make room for Jesus in our society. We need to make room for the Lord Jesus Christ in our homes today. There's a passage in the Psalms that, that I want to read to you. It's from the 127th Psalm and the very first verse. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. I would suggest that unless Jesus Christ is in your home, at the center in your home, the focus of your home, you're going to have a very difficult time keeping the enemy out of your home. You see, when you have Christ in your home, it's going to eliminate certain things. When your home is centered around the Lord Jesus Christ, it will eliminate unfaithfulness in the home. Every husband will be faithful to his wife. Every wife will be faithful to her husband because you are faithful to Christ. You see, in a marriage, there are not two, but there actually should be three. There's a husband, and there's a, a wife, and there should be the Lord in your home. And remember this, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. When you have Jesus Christ in your home, you will never consider divorce. When you have Jesus Christ in your home, that's going to el eliminate any type of abuse in your home. Physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse. It will not be in your home because Jesus Christ is at the core and the center of your home. I want to urge you to have Christ in your home and make room for him there. I think it is such a lamentable thing that in many homes throughout the land, there is absolutely no place for the Lord in those homes. I read the story once about a preacher, and I could call his name, and many of you might recognize that name, but he lived many years ago. But, but 
his son built a new house. And his son invited his uh, parents over to see the new home. And he would walk them through the house, showing them this room and another room and another room. And after they had completed the tour, the father said to his son, you have a beautiful home here, beautiful house. But he said, there's something missing. I have not seen anything in this house that would indicate that the Lord is here as well. I've not seen a Bible, I've not seen an emblem, I've not seen a plaque, I've not seen a picture, I've not seen anything that would indicate that the Lord is here. You see, I, we need to make room for the Lord in our homes today. But I would also suggest that we need to make room for the Lord in the schoolhouse. And I realize that's a very touchy subject today because there are certain things that we're not allowed to do in our schools. Let me tell you something that I found rather ironic. A few days ago, I received a bulletin from a church that's not very far from where I preach, and in that there was a report of how many thousands of dollars they had raised to buy Bibles to send to the Ukraine. And those Bibles were going to the schools in the Ukraine because, you see, they wanted the Bibles in the school. And I thought, how ironic. Here they are raising money, and that was such a good work, and I commend them for that. I commend them for doing that. And they were sending Bibles to people who were hungering and thirsting for the truth of God. But isn't it sad that in our own country that you can't do that? You can't put a Bible in a school. I'm not sure that we're even allowed to put them in a motel room anymore. I don't know. People are trying to eliminate the Lord from our uh, society today, and we've taken him out of the schoolhouse. Prayer has been removed from the schools. The reading of Bible has been removed from the schools. I, I can recall when I was in high school, one of the very first things that was done every morning is some young man would, be, would go to the principal's office and he would sit down at a microphone and he would read something from the Bible and then he would have a prayer. That was in a public high school. Well, that's no longer allowed today. But I can remember that some of the worst things that we had in our high school, would be some boys that may be caught drinking or smoking cigarettes. But now that we've taken the Bible out of our schools, we've talk, taken prayer out of our schools, we've tried to eliminate Jesus from our schools, God from our schools, now we have such things as gangs, we have such things as drugs, and, and all kinds of things that are detrimental to our children. I had a police officer to tell me about a town not very far from where I live that when parents send their children to that school, and he told me the name of the school, he said they're sending them to a drug supermarket. Isn't that sad? We need the influence of Jesus Christ where our children are today, in our schools, and maybe there would be a difference in their activities. And of course we need to have make room for Jesus 
in the church. You say, well, how, how are you going to do that? How are you going to make room for Christ in the church? We ought to have the Spirit of Christ. In Romans 8 and 9, the Bible says, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, the Bible says, have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. There are a lot of great needs for the church today. Some might need a better building. Some might think they need a better preacher. So some may think that they need better programs for the children. But I think that one of the greatest needs is for the church just to be the church. For the church not to center around a preacher, not, not to center around a program, not, not to center around some personality in the church, not to center around the people that might have money in the church. The greatest need in the church is for people to center around the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's a problem in the church at Laodicea in the book of Revelation. They weren't centered around Christ. And they drove Christ from their midst by their, their lukewarm attitude. And Jesus in Revelation 3.20 said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and will sup with him and he with me. He had been driven from their midst. We need to make room for Christ in the church of all places. He ought to be there. And sometimes we find the spirit of not Christ, but the spirit of Satan himself among some who claim to be children of God. Oh, we need to make room for the Lord Jesus Christ. And now is the time to do it. Now is the time. Tomorrow might, you might not have an opportunity to do it because tomorrow you may be down at the, uh, at the undertakers. And tomorrow uh, Jesus Christ could come. It could bring the judgment. And then we're going to stand before him who is the judge of all of the earth. And then if we've not made room for him in our lives, what do you suppose that we're going to say to him on that day? You need to make room in your heart for Jesus. May I plead with you to open up the door of your heart and let him in. You, you do that by believing that Jesus Christ is everything that he claimed to be. He claimed to be the Son of God. And we must have faith in him. Our hearts are purified by our faith in him. In Acts chapter 15 and verse 9, the Bible says, hath put no difference between us and them, purifying our hearts by faith. And it is our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that is so important and so vital. But not only must we believe in him, we must be willing to repent of sin in our life. In Acts the third chapter in verse 19, Peter there said, Repent and be converted, that your sins be blotted out. Sins cannot be blotted out unless there's repentance in our lives. And then we, one must be willing to confess his faith in Jesus as did the eunuch in Acts 8 and verse 37. After having asked why he could not be baptized, he was told that if he believed in Christ, he could. And the man said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The only thing that you should ever acknowledge prior to being baptized into Christ is that you believe Jesus to be the Son of God. And then as a penitent believer in Jesus, 
you should be baptized. Many of the Corinthians hearing, believed, and they were baptized. And then it's not enough for an individual to be baptized. You must remain faithful to Jesus. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10, the Bible says, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. In the scene of the judgment found in Matthew chapter 25, to those that were saved, to those that were on the right hand in that judgment scene, the Lord said, Well done, good and faithful servant. So it's not enough just to be baptized as a believer in Jesus Christ. We must continue to follow Jesus every day of our lives. Being a Christian is a seven-day-a-week affair. We follow Jesus every day, not just on Sunday. Well, it's important to be with the saints on the Lord's day and to worship God in spirit and in truth. It's important to be there every time we can. Every time. We're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, Hebrews 10, 25, but in our serving the Lord Jesus Christ, we are to be faithful to Him every day, every day, and live with Jesus in our lives and in our hearts every day, not just one day out of the week. I want to encourage you to open up your heart and let Jesus in. That's what it's all about. That's what going to heaven is all about. Oh, when Jesus was born, there wasn't any room in the inn for him. No vacancy for Jesus. And I think it's a sad thing that a lot of people have no room for him today. But in every individual, there is a place in your heart for him. Nothing can take that, his place in your life would you give your life to him today? May I encourage you to do so. Now, before we close today, let me give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And may I also encourage you to pick up the telephone right now. Call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. May I encourage you to do it right now, the free Bible Correspondence Course. And I want to, uh, to, to assure you that you will benefit from the study of that course. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you is my prayer. I feel like my professors care not only about my progress in their classes, but also me as a person. Having teachers that will pray for me is incredible. Providing a Christ-centered education is the heart of everything we do at Fault University. From the classroom to the sports fields, we emphasize integrity of character and a godly attitude in all phases of life. Visit our website today to see what Faulkner has for you. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to 
Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible. <laughs>